This podcast is a member of the Red 5 Network. For more Red 5 Network podcasts and content creators, visit bio.link slash red5. For an entire generation, people have experienced Star Wars, the only way it's been possible, on the TV screen. But if you've only seen it this way, you haven't seen it at all. This is where the fun begins. Chewing. We're home. Hello there. We would be honored if you would join us. Welcome to the Blue Milk Cafe. Grab an empty stool at the counter, order a cup of Jawa juice and a nice slice of Yogan fruit pie, and get ready because we're about to talk all things Star Wars. Good morning, my suspect, and welcome back into the cafe. This is episode 140. I am your host, Jeff. And I'm his co-host, R.F.B. And this weekend, we are at the end of our Walking Through the Skywalker Saga with episode 9. Got a break this week. Episode 9, The Rise of Skywalker. Another movie, I feel like, The Last Jedi that some fans... Either you love it or you hate it, or you don't mm-hmm. have an opinion on it at all. But RFB and I do have opinions on it, and we're going to talk about it today. That we so, are. This one came out in 1719. Yep. 2019. December 2019. Yippers. As of now, yep. As of now, the last Christmas Star Wars movie, I believe, we got. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah, well... And up to date, the last Star Wars story... As of, as of this morning, yeah. There was nothing else on the big screen after this one. Nope. Which is a shame, but that's going to change. Thanks to all the info we got at the last celebration. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I remember, I guess I'll go first real quick. I remember seeing, mm-hmm. seeing it for the first time this one. I believe it was just my wife, as always, my one nephew, and one of my friends from... Um, Working at the video store, the little stint I had working at a video store for maybe two and a half years. So, yeah, we all went. And, of course, my friend always, you know, needing to know what I thought right away after the movie. I told him, I said, you don't even have to ask. So it's Star Wars. Of course I loved it. But, and he, and he still to this day will, will still ask me. 
what did you think about the prequels and stuff like that? I'm like, I told you I liked them. You'll still ask, what about Jar Jar? I'm like, dude, you know he's one of my favorite characters. What's wrong with you? <laughs> yeah, he, he, he still thinks I'm going to, like, conform to all these other fans saying, oh, the prequels sucked and Jar Jar was the worst and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, no, dude. I said, I'm never going to say that. So, but yeah, and my my nephew enjoyed it. Um, he, he he did tell me he goes it wasn't his one of his favorites, but he goes he goes he enjoyed watching it. He goes he'll watch it again. So, but yeah, we we had a good time. But it was the one sequel movie that I had the least amount of people with me when we saw it for the first time. So, but yeah. Hmm. Really enjoyed it. How about you? Do you do you remember? You no, know, your first time. I know it's only it's not that long ago, but um, jump to a different stool in the cafe for a moment. That you had mentioned. I know we're talking Rise of Skywalker, but you brought up Jar Jar Binks, and if I understand correctly, weren't yesterday International Talk Like Jar Jar Day? I believe it was. Yes, it was. And for the mm. first time, I totally missed it. Oh. So much going on yesterday in my life. It was, you know, me and my wife like to celebrate everything. Mm-hmm. Yesterday was me and my wife's dating anniversary. So, I I just, that that's one thing that helped me remember Every year that it was International Talk Like Jar Jar Day because our dating anniversary was on the same day. And for some reason yesterday, it just totally flew over my head. So, happy belated International Talk Like Jar Jar Binks Day. Usually, <laughs> I do participate. Usually, I, I do send out a couple of tweets in, you know, Jar Jar speak. Because uh, thanks to, um, you know, the website... International Talk Like Jar Jar Binks Day, they do have a translator on that site. All you got to do is type in what you want to say, and they'll translate it right into Gungan for you, and you could tweet it out. So, but yeah, I forgot to this year, so. Whoops. Well, let's see. What I remember, I it's feeling to me, because I didn't go to look it up. You had mentioned, yeah, it was December. I don't remember rightly what day it was maybe... A week before Christmas or so, I feel like it. Mm-hmm. day was a Thursday, so it would be for me would be two days after that. Got out of Abigail and Alexandria, and we went that Saturday late morning, early afternoon, and loaded up on some popcorn. Yeah, I'd put out a. I spent a few credits. It weren't really, it's $6 a ticket over here. So, we went in, snacks and all. And, yep, the last time that I'd been to the theater, also the last time I'd been to the theater with my girls. And we went and soaked up the whole story. And then afterwards, I can remember we were coming back here and starting to talk about it. And just making a turn to cross the bridge to cross the Allegheny River, 
and I asked them what they thought. Because we were chit-chattering, walking out the theater to the car, but then we really got deep in it. And they said that they didn't really like the way that it ended. They thought that Ben should have lived and spent, went off with Ray. And I'm like, girls, you, you missed, did you not see that he did, Ben Solo's half a Skywalker and the other half is a Solo. You, did you not catch? He did the same thing that every other Skywalker before him did. The same thing his mother did. The same thing his uncle did. The same thing his grandfather did. The same thing that his great-grandmother did. He gave up himself for somebody else. Yep. That's a Skywalker trait. How did you not see that? He did the greatest, right. most Jedi thing ever. And then... That- after they thought about it a little bit more, they they're still kind of hanging on to what they thought, which I wasn't going to argue with them. I mean, that's their that's their opinion. That 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 was their view. It doesn't make it wrong. Yeah. Right. Then and then we started getting into that same weekend. We were looking up sheet music because they wanted to play all these different songs that we were playing playing the soundtracks and the scores like crazy. And listening to, for all the different little motifs that are, if you're not familiar with a motif, is it, it's a, a small piece of music that mm-hmm. speaks to a, uh, a character or something that happened. Yeah, we were getting all deep into all of that, and then I got a hold of the audiobook and we dove into that. That's definitely what I remember about all that December and January and all the months after that getting into everything and then I got a hold of digital copy of the film and then we were going and pouring all over that again yeah it was a lot of fun yeah yeah I mean do I did I wish that Ben survived yes but even going into it that was probably the only thing that I kind of didn't speculate, but more or less predicted that one of them wasn't going to survive. Even Ray, I, Ray or Kylo, one of them's going to go, go at the end of this movie. And yeah, I mean, and first time I saw it, you know, tears came to my eyes because I thought it was Ray. I really did until my brain thought real quick and I was like, oh, nope, it's going to be Ben because here he's going to use the transfer of life thing, but he's going to use all of his to save her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do I wish he would have survived? Yes. But did I have a problem with it? Hell no. Because of that's the act that actually redeemed him. Mm-hmm. Now, exactly. I'll say what. I think, I mean, like I said, like we say, it's not our story to tell, but mm-hmm. once it changed, I would have put Ben's Force Ghost at the end there with Leia and Luke. Just yeah, because I think folks that was upset about that, that, that we didn't get to get shown him with his mother and uncle. Yeah, but I, you know, I wasn't upset about it. I was just like, oh, because I was 
fully expecting him to like kind of materialize there at the very end right before they ended that scene. Mm-hmm. But and and you know they decided not to do it, and I'm pretty sure they had their reasons. But you know it would have been nice to see. But you never know. Maybe we'll see him in the new Jedi movie with Ray. Who knows? I can't wait to see what they do with that. Oh, somebody. Every time I hear that, every time I hear, I hear it quite a bit in a couple live chats and a lot in my playlist is when somebody says, who knows? And I'm like, I always come back with, well, there's somebody that knows. Just they're on the inside Lucasfilm wall. We're on the outside. And a very, very small handful of them on the outside might get to know too, but they can't say. So yeah, there's always somebody somewhere that knows, just mostly not us. Yep. The director, the person that wrote the movie. So. Mm-hmm. But yeah, oh. and hopefully, you know, they get this actors and writers strike in Hollywood settled sooner than later. So people can get back to work and doing what they love to do. This yeah, it's kind of frustrating me because every time I think I read something that they're on the verge of a breakthrough, something else happens and it falls through. So, just like, just can't wait for them to get this thing settled. Let's see. A um, few things to take away from The Rise of Skywalker is it did not, one, but two, it showed us just as all three of the sequel trilogy films did, with every next story, we get to see something or get shown something, taught something a little bit more about just how mysterious the Force is that we've never been shown before. Like um, TFA, we were shown that there's a Force ability to take memories from other folks' minds, like Ben did with Ray. And then... In TLJ, we got to see Force Projection, something that was actually was it from Legends that Ryan took from a Legends book and made it canon, where that's how Luke tricked Ben to save the Resistance. And with this story, we were teased about three, two or three weeks maybe in The Mandalorian, where Grogu uses Force Heal to save Grief Karga after Octavians kind of tore him up when they were getting set to go back and take back Navarro, that we get to see Ray uses it not once but twice. She heals that Vexus when, when they get into the sinking fields on Pasana. She heals that Vexus snake and then she heals then, when they're fighting on the remnants of what's left of the Death Star, and then we see it again, that in reverse, he uses it to save her. And then the other thing that we got to see that we've never been shown that's a Force power was Force Transfer, when Ray passes Luke's lightsaber to Ben when he's facing off against the Knights of Ren. Yeah, two really neat things. Yep. And there's going to be other stuff coming in, more stories, very, very likely in the Acolyte 
we could be shown yeah. more new force powers. Because we're being told, this info is not spoiler, it's out there. Um, because the writer, the director, had said herself that we're going to be seeing the most Jedi that we've ever seen on screen was what we saw in Tachinaki Arena on Geonosis in Episode 2. And what she's saying is we're going to see many more than that. So put that in your pocket and hang on to it. Thanks, R2. Yeah, put that in your pocket and hang on to it because that'll be coming, ooh, maybe... Because they're done filming that. It's in post-production. So, writer strike's not going to affect it. They just carry on with post-production stuff. And hopefully they don't have to go back and do any more pickup shots and stuff. And they can make use of everything they got. And hopefully next year, we'll have that. Yep. Yeah. Another, another thing, of course, that continued in Rise of Skywalker was the... Star Wars humor. I think I think this one had had its fair share. I think even a little bit more than Force Awakens. Um, I mean, the one scene that I've, I've always loved was when Poe and Finn get back from another thing that I don't think we've ever seen in Star Wars is light speed skipping, and they land there and. Ray comes around the corner and sees the falcon on fire. Of course she flips out. You know, what'd you do to Han's ship? What'd you do to my droid? Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> of course, I just thought it was so funny. And it, I mean, there was that, there's, and then there's this, there's this moment. I remember it was on Sana, right when they get there. And they walked around the corner and saw the Aki Aki Festival going on. And I forget what was exactly said, but 3PO, of course, goes into and tells the whole, sort of the whole history about the festival. Oh, we're very lucky, blah, blah, blah. And they mm-hmm. all just stop and do the slow turn and look at him. And he <laughs> looked at that, and then he himself turns around like, what are you all looking at? Uh-huh. <laughs> I thought, and... Yeah, I've I've heard people saying, you know, oh, that's just like cornball comedy. That's blah blah. That's Mighty Python stuff. I'm like, yeah, and I like Mighty Python stuff, you know. Or whatever. Some folks might have been saying it was forced humor, and I'm like, what does that even mean? No, it it was natural to me because me and my friends have. That to our other friends, where they say something stupid and they really don't know, and we just like all turn around, like look at them. And you know, I've had a couple of friends that would do, but 3PO did was turn around, and go, "What are you looking at?" So, but yeah, and of course, you know, we got Billy D. Williams coming back in this movie as well. Mm-hmm. I really love. I and. Yeah, it just makes, like, everyone was sad in The Force Awakens where the big three never really got to be on screen at the same time, but what I say to that is I didn't expect them to be on screen at the same time because at this point in time, you got to figure that they all, they all are, like, split up, separated somewhere else. So, Well, if you look at most of the, 
if you look at the most the whole of the original trilogy, for the better part of those three stories, Lucan and Leia weren't really all through together very, very much. Yeah, they spent a small part of Return of the Jedi for just a small fraction on Endor, and then Luke went off to do what he needed to do, and they were split up again. And then we get to see them one last time at the celebration. But yeah, for the most whole of the original trilogy, Luke and Leia really weren't all three together. So they're, in my mind, the way the sequel trilogy stories were told, I didn't see any reason why a storyteller would have a need to have them all three together through an adventure when they really, for the most part, previously weren't. Exactly. I mean, wouldn't it have been nice to see Lando and Han each other again? Sure. It would have But, you know, it wasn't part of this story. Mm-hmm. And, this, and this one here, I know, yeah, this is actually the movie that we see Bo, Finn, and Ray together the most out of all three of the sequel movies. So, this was their together adventure until uh, that Ray and got split up. So. Uh, let's see, what's some other... Oh, um, on Pasana, when Ray's out to face Ben, when he comes oh, screaming yeah. in that in that tie whisper, and then they're on Ochi Abastoon's ship, and they're fixing to get out of there, and was either Finn or Poe that sent Chewie, go get Ray, we're leaving, we're going now, and Chewie goes and gets himself caught by the Knights of Ren. And then Ray realizes, you know, Finn's chasing her down and Chewie's on that ship. And it was, we didn't realize that there were two transports. It was just the one. When she grabs hold of it, and then over off in the distance, Ben shows up and grabs it and tries to stop her from bringing it down. He's trying to push and make it go. And then they get into that fight where he pushes her and makes her use her anger which is what ends up destroying the ship. And yeah, for that that minute there, whenever she thought she killed Chewbacca, yeah, that was a that was a bit of a that was a bit of a tough minute. Yeah. Yep. That was another minute I had started crying a little bit. I'm like, oh my god, uh-huh. you kidding me? So no, the one that hit worst is when. They're back from getting Chewie, and they get back to the name of the planet that the Resistance is, is forming up on. is called Agent Class. You got that? You got the galaxy map that I sent you over the week, a few days ago. Yeah, if you take a look at that, if you're looking at a like galactic northeast southwest, Agent Class is straight up galactic north. It's not too far from where Dantooine is. See, that's how. I'm that kind of nerd. I'll sit and look at that map to find where everything in the galaxy is. Um, yeah, what the, the the one part that really opened up the waterworks is when they get back from the, from 
getting Chewie off a... Oh, yeah. Star Destroyer, yeah, and he's like, we got to see Leia. And Major Darcy comes, she's coming up, and she's like, Poe, <laughs> she's gone, yeah. The the hardest part, yeah, it's it's hard hard to get through right now, is, yeah, Chewie's reaction to that. He just goes down. Yeah, that and hurts me. That was really, really tough. Yeah. I even did the audio book this past Monday at work, six days ago, but yeah, just even in that part of the book. It was like, I'm at work listening to this. And thankfully, like I said, I always get left alone at work. I just go in, I do my job, nobody bothers me. Yeah, it was kind of, that part come up and I'm like, where's the, I got to find me a little shaded spot over here in case anybody's walking down the alleyway in front of me. Because, yeah, that was just like, or ducked down behind one of the baggers that I that I work on. And it's like, I'll just be down here for about 30 seconds or so. I'll be all right. Yeah. 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 Mm. Yeah. In speaking about, yeah, getting emotional during movies. Yeah. When I was, you know, younger, in my, let's say, 20s, I would try my, get it. If I was out in a movie with friends, embarrassed. But hell, it didn't take me long after that to go, you know what? I really don't care. I'm a human. Yep. If something hits me, I'm going to admit it. So, yeah, there's been not just Star Wars. There's been other fandoms I've, I'm in that I, I've i watched stuff and something emotional happens to one of the main characters or one of the, you know, recurring characters, especially in TV series. I mean, I couldn't tell you how many times I got teary-eyed during Supernatural or, you know, another show I was really into. It's just... But, yeah. If I get emotional during a show or a movie, I'll admit it nowadays. But, yeah, like I said, in my 20s, I was... Well, did you cry at this moment? I'm like, nah. Of course it was sad, but no. But, yeah. Uh, let's see. Um, I know there's a decent amount of folks that felt that Finn's character was kind of done dirty, that it should have been, because we get to learn that he can feel things through the Force. He's not exactly sure how or what that is, and he tries to tell Ray a couple times, and a couple times Poe gets into a goofy little argument with him. Was What was it you were trying to tell Ray? Right. Um, my opinion, I don't feel that he was. He's a supporting character in this story. The story is about Ray, not about Finn. It's not about Finn and Ray. It's about Ray. So my opinion, I don't feel that he was. He, even the actor himself kind of feels that way. And I'm, in my mind, I'm thinking, you were hired to do a job. And yeah, I can get a little bit deeper in that because behind the scenes, when they're putting these stories together, actors have some input on on some of the parts that the script says, the way the story goes. They they can put little bits in, but only to a degree. Because for the most part, 
like I said, it's Ray's story, not Finn's. And there can be other stuff coming up that we might get to see him again. We'll, we'll wait and see what that is. Yep. There's someone out there that knows, just like you said. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Them asking at, at first, because John Cuellar was, he was really hurt about mm-hmm. that, this move for a while. But I think I saw somewhere in an interview or something that he... He has not closed himself off from returning if they ask. So, I think you know, if they want him back, ask him. I'm pretty sure he'll do it. Because I remember his interview when he first got the role. He said, I was, he was a huge Star Wars fan. He goes, of course I was excited. And you could see how excited he was at that first celebration when they mm-hmm. announced The Force Awakens and brought the whole cast out. So, yeah, I think he'll come back. And strangely enough, for the merchandising side of this story, this is one where there weren't really a terribly big amount of action figures and whatnot that were put out for it, which has some folks really scratching their heads because it did make it cross the the I want to say across the two billion dollar mark. So it definitely yeah. made Lucasfilm money, lots of money. I mean, but not on the side of how how we understand Star Wars to make money is whatever the film does. Merchandising brings in likely. Two or three times that amount, where that didn't really happen for this because there weren't really a lot put out. Oh. There's and folks still, are they still asking Hasbro to make some Ben Solos something that they're just not making? Yeah. I mean, I don't remember, but I don't think they did make any. I would love to have some Black Series, um, Nights of Rent. Mm-hmm. You're not the only one. I can think of a few other podcasters. Um, the Hollandet Marauders are, are big Knights of Ren fans, where they were getting Funkos and everything else, just not action figures. Right. I mean, that scene when uh, um, the festoon where they're standing on top of that rock slab. Oh, Fasana. Yeah, Fasana. And the spin around shot. That mm-hmm. shot is so, I mean, it's not long, but it is so cool. Just to see them all standing there. And yeah, no, I would, if, I would try to find the money and get all of the, all of them, including a, a Kylo rent and like display them somewhere. But yeah, I think that would be so cool. But yeah, I mean, there's opportunities. That, Especially in this movie, we finally see the Knights of Ren. We just don't see him like in a flashback real quick like we did in Force Awakens. Mm-hmm. We actually see them. So. And even that comment by the Stormtrooper. When they're walking through the ship there to the briefing room after mm-hmm. Kylo gets his put back together. When Stormtrooper goes, Knights of Ren. Cool. Cool. So, yeah. I mean, but, yeah, they, and even with some, 
like back when I was a kid, even some of the ships. Any well ships that were play sets. Could have put out OT sh- um when I was a kid, but do a new newer version of the Falcon. Mm-hmm. Uh, little rations here and there. So but yeah. I I was perplexed on why they didn't release more action figures and even toys and stuff like that for the sequels, but just me. Oh, I know we ain't quite reached an hour, Jeff, but I think we did it, because I can't really pull up too much more that I can think of to speak to Rise of Skywalker about. Just, you know, we both really liked it, so, and... Hmm? I mean, of course, the, I guess the one last thing I'll mention is the scene from the trailer that still gives me goosebumps is What's Ray that? jumping over Hollow's ship. I mean, when they showed that in the trailer and they cut it right there, right when she jumps. And uh, not only just jump, but took a wing off that ship all in the same move. Yep, and that just, oh, that just had my mind wondering at first time I saw the trailer. I'm like, oh man. But yeah, it was so, so much good from this movie. But like I said, I'm not, I'm not here, and we're not here to. If you didn't like it, it's not your cup of tea. We're not trying to tell you. Hey, you have to like this movie because we like it. And you're a Star Wars fan, so you have to like it. No. No, don't like it. it. Just don't watch it again. You know? And don't go online and yell and scream at people that like it and tell them that they're wrong. Because they're not. Just like you're not wrong for not liking it. No, there is a small handful of our, our fandom that not only this story, but the sequel trilogy as a whole... They just re- refuse to accept that they exist at all. And that's fine. If, if you don't want to count them in amongst the, the Star Wars you like, that's fine. Right. That just What's means it's more for us. Yep. Watch the one you do like and say, it's my Star Wars. Nothing after that. So, there you go. Yep. I'll say movies are subjective. TV shows are subjective. So, everyone, you know, has an opinion. And, I mean, I've had friends that, not real close friends and not even friends that were big Star Wars fans that, you know, just every time I mention, you know, either a prequel or one of the sequels, and they just rolled their eyes at me. Oh, my God, you really do like that. And they would go into a, you know, a big, long, you know, monologue about how and why I shouldn't like this movie. <laughs> so, they're, they're, they're the kind of fans I have a problem with. But most of the fans that, you know, disagree with me, we have normal conversations and we don't, you know, try to convince the other to like or dislike it. Yep, that ain't what we do. We do what we just did. Yep. Just talk about the stuff we like. I've said a thousand times, the reason I'm so positive, the reason... 
this podcast is so positive is because I talk about things that I like because it makes me happy. I don't talk about the stuff the stuff I don't like because it doesn't make me happy. And why talk about something that doesn't make me happy? So that's why I choose to talk about stuff that I like. Well, we wrap this one up. Um, yep. Well, we can go one of two ways for next Saturday because we're only two days away from episodes Ahsoka. one and two of Ahsoka. So we can do... We'll see how this goes over the next few days. And Jeff and I can talk about it, depending on what it is we're told. Um... I'm feeling like we might be swaying towards Ahsoka from the spoilery stuff. I some of it, a little bit that I know, because there's a good, but good bunch of it. We're going to get an hour and a half that could be split up a couple ways. I think what we heard was the first episode's right around 50, 50, 54 minutes, and then the second one's right around 38, and then the right. third one's going to be right around 33. Uh, they'll be as long as they need to be. That's how long the story needs to go. Because I know some folks are already upset that episode three is going to be half an hour. It's just going to be as long as it needs to be. Bryce Dallas Howard had a little chat with Katie Sassoff on Katie's first episode of her podcast where they talked. Now, Bryce spoke to why why the episode lengths, time, run times are the way they are. Because there are so many moving parts all at the same time as they're putting these stories together and they're not putting them together one episode at a time they're filming two back to back simultaneously so they can get through these to to push them to post-production there are so many different moving parts at the same time that's what drives the run times so just take them as they're given to us (laughs) I don't see a reason to be upset over any of it at least right. we're getting stories. The runtime it should not be an issue, in my opinion. Um, yeah. yeah, I think we're going to get some really fun, fun stuff from some of the stuff I've, I've spent in spoiler places. It's going to be something really special coming up. Cool. Back up one second. Did you? Mentioned that Bryce Dallas Howard has a podcast? No, Katie Sackhoff does. Bo-Katan. Really? Yep, it's on YouTube. I know the name is escaping me at the moment. It's a weekly thing that she does. Yeah, just kind of open up talking about her and chatting whatever her and the friends that she has on about. Yeah, she just started up on maybe a month or two, about a couple months back. Oh, wow. I don't know if she does it live or not, because a, a couple other folks have brought that up. I've heard it in a couple different live chats, and I've heard it quite a bit in my playlist. Yeah, folks were, that was one of the topics at the moment, a week or so back, that people were talking about different run times, and yeah, using what Katie and Bryce talked about right there, because now that we're sitting here, people were upset about the run times for Ahsoka, Probably wasn't heard that and then forgot all about it. That's what I call being momentary. Yeah, when you learn something, hang on to that, because you, you make use of it in the future. Yeah. I'll have to 
seek her podcast out because one, mm-hmm. I like her, like her as an actor. Two, mm-hmm. she's my favorite Mandalorian, so I gotta check it out. And she's a nerd just like us. She grew up on this yep. stuff too. Yep, exactly. Just like um, the stuff I've been seeing from, and now her name is escaping me. I can't believe it. Because I've been following her for a while too, because she played a a role on Supernatural. Following her stuff on Instagram and her little videos and stuff. Oh my god, as well. So just can't she plays. She plays Star Wars character. Give me the character's name. The armor. Emily Swallow. Yes, thank you. Jeez. Couldn't believe I couldn't remember her name at first. Cause like yeah, I said, I I've been I a long time. She, like I said, she had a bro in Supernatural. That's where I first discovered her. And then when I found out she was playing the armor, I was like, oh, awesome. And I kind of was like, I thought that voice sounded familiar. But, picked up, and then to find out she was actually in, she's actually in the outfit too. She wasn't just the voice. So, but yeah, she has a little video of her being, you know, a nerd like us walking through a convention mm-hmm. dressed as the armorer, but everybody else around her just thought she was a regular cosplayer. Mm-hmm. And when she revealed who she actually was, it was kind of, it was kind of funny and fun. Mm-hmm. So, like the one dude even said, he goes, he goes, oh my God. He goes, you even sound like her. You do, <laughs> you do a good job. Uh, but yeah Surprise. that was her <laughs> yep. but yeah and one one last thing about Rise of Skywalker I just remember because I for some reason his name just popped into my head John Williams hmm. has a cameo in this movie mm-hmm. the maestro himself has the cameo playing I guess you would say he's a bartender Mm-hmm. On Kijimi. Yep. And the and as they're walking through that bar there to get to the back room to see Babu, I mean, you see him sitting there wiping the glass down or something. But yeah, when I first, I must have looked away or blinked or something when I first saw this because when I first listened to, I think it was the Wampus Lair is the first one I listened mm-hmm. to after this movie came out, and then talked. Uh, they mentioned John Williams and I'm like where was he in this oh there's uh in that scene this might give you a reason to go back and give it a re-look there's one more original trilogy character in that bar scene aside from John Williams if you didn't notice him and that would be that would be one of the bounty hunters from The Empire Strikes Back who's trying to make himself immortal. And that we, we knew him as Dengar, but he changed his name because he's trying to modify his body with droid parts so that he can try to live forever. He went and changed his name, and he's pretty... Not the best looking, I would say, my opinion. He changed his name to, to Rothgar Deng. Okay. 
Mm-hmm. He's in the in the too. You see him for a split second. Slow. I have to go back and like actually slow it down. I have to put my Blu-ray in where I can adjust the speed. So go frame by frame. No, we didn't beat the church tower. Don't say there we go. First signal. That's our signal. The sound evacuation signal. Yeah. So next week it will most likely be Ahsoka talk, and maybe, maybe a little bit of Rogue One. Mm-hmm. But we actually just, you know, decided that yet. If we just want to dedicate a whole episode to Rogue One, or if we just want to do first half of the show Ahsoka, second half of the show Rogue One. Same with the following week, you know, episode of Ahsoka, and then second half Solo. Mm-hmm. We'll have to wait. <clears throat> just how, you know, the conversation goes. So, but yeah, but definitely next week, <clears throat> look for some Ahsoka talks since. We are mere days away from the Ahsoka series, and believe you, I I don't have uh, cable TV anymore. I don't have live TV, but oh my goodness, the the ads that I see on Hulu, every other ad is an Ahsoka ad, and it's just making it look better and better. And I can't wait. So yeah, unless we have it. Sitting in a spot right now where things literally cannot get marketed, actors cannot say a peep. That okay. this film was really, really ready for this because they knew the writer strike was coming. Where we've already got spots that they've been sharing with us for over the past two weeks or so, with uh, Rosaria saying different pieces, what it means to her to be playing Ahsoka, and some of the things that she got to t- partake in, in putting these, helping put to be a part of these stories and putting them together. Yeah, Lucasfilm was really ready for this. So I'm kind of thinking maybe wherever Skeleton Crew's sitting right now because it's looking like we might not be getting it in December, but I think they went and done the same thing for it. Just in case the writer's strike goes that far. So even if we get it sometime early next year, we'll get it when we're given it. But I think they went and did the same thing. That just put me to thinking after some folks already noticed that, you know, for sitting in a place where it's hard to market stuff, that they really went over and above because, yeah, Ahsoka is popping up everywhere. Like I said, sitting in a place where things can't get promoted. Yeah, they were really ready for this. Oh, yeah. There's going to be some new stuff that coming things we have yet to learn, and they're getting us ready for it. Yep, looking forward to. Yep. And having said that, and if that didn't get you psyched up for this coming Wednesday, I don't think anything will. So, until next Saturday. And as always, I have spoken. Give the evacuation code signal.
you for stopping by the cafe. Life is all about passions. Thank you for lending me your ear while I shared all of mine. You can follow the Blue Milk Cafe on Twitter at that BMC Pod. You can follow the Facebook group, the BMC Pod. You can also email the Blue Milk Cafe, that BMC Pod at gmail.com. And remember, Blue Milk, it does a body good. Greetings, listener. Just a reminder that the podcast you just heard is a proud member of the Red 5 Network family. Red5Network.com offers you a great variety of shows you'll be sure to love. So the next time you're itching for quality content, make sure you head over to Red5Network.com. You'll find this podcast along with a whole lot more. All wings report in. It's the Red 5 Network. Red 5 Network.